Hello and welcome back to the Ravenhill Roundup. This week we've seen Ulster take on Sale in what could have been the last match of Ulster's European hopes this season. But alas, it is not and we are going to Dublin. Just before we get into the talk of the match, remember... We are on Instagram. Give us a follow over there. And you can listen to us anywhere that you so please. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud and Amazon Music. Got a good show for you today. Uh, breaking down the Ulster game. Our thoughts on the triumphant victory from the Ulster men on the weekend. As well as having a look at uh, scores around the the grounds from the Champions Cup as well as our games of the week. Also have a little bit of news and a look ahead to next week's game. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. So Lewis, big victory for Ulster on the weekend. What were your thoughts on the match? Yeah, Jimmy, massive victory and to be honest I really enjoyed the match. I was there myself and it was most certainly the best atmosphere this season in my opinion. Um, although it was a poor start for Ulster to the game, Sale looked really dominant early on and Ulster looked like they just couldn't match the physicality of the game. Sale looked far more physical in the forwards pack and Ulster constantly giving away turnovers. They weren't supplying the rock properly and basically giving Sale good access and easy access to their ball. Sale had already had two visits to the Ulster 22 in the first six minutes, which just shows that they were quite dominant early on. Um, you know, we give away a few penalties and there were a few drop balls and, like I say, we were just poor at supplying the breakdown with forwards early on. After that, Ulster kind of kicked into gear a bit. Um, it was a good Ulster attack that led to Seal's first yellow card and eventually Ulster were able to take advantage and Rob Little was able to squeeze in in the corner, which was a really well-worked try, actually. Um, but for me, Ulster were quite lucky to go in ahead at half-time. Seal were probably the better team in the first half, so it would have been a big advantage for Ulster to be playing so poorly and still go in at half-time ahead. Um, second half was far, far much more improved. Um, I think the substitutions made the main difference. The likes of Cooney, um, Tom O'Toole, Rob Herring, Treadwell and Jordy Murphy all coming on made a massive difference. Um, it's kind of kicked Ulster into gear. They give away far less penalties. They were supplying the rocks better. Um, and essentially it was that that allowed them to go on to win the game as well as I'd say the two yellow cards for Sale had a big impact on them, but I think it was it was a it was a must-win game as we said last week. <clears throat> they've got away and they've won it, and you know congratulations to them. They've managed to get into the last sixteen against Leinster, which is essentially what we thought they weren't going to be able to do. But um, just glad they've managed to do it, and it was a great night, Jimmy. Definitely a great night, and I'll definitely agree with you on the penalties. Uh, penalties and turnover, it's a massive issue for me. You know, all I felt like I was seeing whenever we were getting in the really dangerous areas was a knock-on 
or not enough people committing the Iraq and the turnover happening. And I think that that's where you've seen Seals' dominance in that first half come through. So it's definitely something that has improved, but they get less penalties than we have been getting. It's a shame about the yellow card. Um, I know that sort of we look back, you said it was a 50 50 sort of shout. Uh, but for me, Rob Little is trying to play the ball. It's not a deliberate knock on for me, but I see where the ref's coming from in it. Um, it's just the way that, you know, he's he's actually tackled the player after the fact that the balls went. So, but at the end of the day, you know, it happens and it didn't make a huge difference to the game. You know, it was the only real thing that impacted was the, the line-out try, but actual gameplay, it wasn't too bad. And I think Ulster handled it really well, where in other games, as soon as we got a yellow card, we were falling apart a bit and discipline kind of went out the window it was, where it was still play quite tight and, and stuck to the game plan this time. Apart from Doug's card I thought that he's really solid he's really taken that position in the zone and uh, that first half his distribution was great for me uh, didn't really see him put a fit wrong I'm really happy with his development this season uh, and I think that it's it's nice to have for once that fight at scrum half between him and Cooney um, so they're having they always up their game both wingers for me playing really well Rob Little getting the try um, you see him definitely starting to pick up a lot and uh, get going as the season's going and finally Stockdale was actually playing his own game he looked a lot cleaner, and by that I mean, it, it's as if he's been playing overthinking in his head. I think a lot like really thinking about the game, and he has to do something. Where this weekend, I thought he was just playing for for fun again, and you really seen it. He had a good few runs and uh, some crucial tackles, so it was nice seeing them two work uh, really well. And, you know, talking about things working well, Ulster's physical play once again, great second try with them all, it's something that you've seen so many times Ulster doing, getting them all going and getting it over the line and uh, just pure beautiful physique uh, as I would describe it, especially with uh, Vermeulen, you know, it, in the second half that double bounce, oh, that that's the big moments why he was brought in and that gave the team the drive the inevitably go and get another try um, because it was just after the disallowed one as well it was such a crucial point and I think it shows his influence in the team I think that it boosted everybody up the, the go and just go you know what we can go and get this again who cares if it's disallowed just go and get another one, and that's exactly what they've done. Yeah, Jimmy, I have to agree with most of that. Just a few pointers on what you picked up on there. Um, certainly agree with the two wingers. I thought Rob Little was super, and it's really good to see him getting a run in the side. He's up against a lot of competition with the likes of Balakin, Stockdale, Ethan McElroy. I think Ben Moxham's starting this week against the Stormers, so he has got a lot of competition there. But you know what? He always gives a hundred percent when he comes out, and Ulster fans see that, and you know they know that he 
when Ulster have a full strength team, he's probably not starting on the wing. However, he's great cover and always gives a hundred percent. And he usually he's pretty handy. He usually does get a couple of tries in the corner. Um, in terms of Stockdale, like you say, much improved. Um, looked much more comfortable under the high ball. Only had I think the one dropped ball. Uh, passing much better. He was you know running at pace at the opposition, which we haven't really seen him do the last few weeks since he's been back from his injury so um, probably a good game for him in terms of before he goes to join up with the Ireland camp for the Six Nations um, I don't think he's done just enough yet to start for Ireland in the first couple of games I still think James Lowe and Mac Hansen will probably be the starting wingers there however um, with that Italy game coming up I think he'll probably start that and just depending on how he does in that game he could managed to burst his way back onto the scene in terms of starting for Ireland so fingers crossed with him he can re- redevelop his best form that we saw from him a few years ago um, just a quick question for you Jimmy on the yellow card um, we saw as soon as Nathan Doak got yellow carded Dan McFarlane was very quick to bring on John Cooney he didn't want to leave the halfback berths um, without a number 9 or a number 10 do you think that was key to us not sort of falling apart with that yellow card and making sure we kept control in the game? Well, I do think that uh, part of it is the tactical change, you know, uh, sharing it up, and it definitely did work if that was what he was going for. So I would say yes to your question. I think uh, Dan McFarland's done some super coaching there and. Uh, realized that especially the position that Ulster were sitting at that time you know it was very defensive and um, probably the make sure that you have uh, someone like Cooney in that and can keep the shape that kind of way I think it was definitely good to get him in but at the same time you know there were I think it was always his plan to bring Cooney on at some point, probably just not quite then, uh, but you know, you've seen the people that were on the bench, and the impact that a fair amount of them had when they came off so I think that he was part of part of potentially a later stage tactic that he reworked into the yellow card that definitely boosted uh, Ulster and didn't leave them hanging I guess is the best way to put it. I think he's he's definitely changed it after that try. Um, and he's realised that it can be dangerous from the set play. And that's why he sort of went, yes, bring Cooney on now. Make sure that they can sneak through um, where they did on Stockdale. Because he's not he's not used to the, the play in there, really. Um, so I definitely think that Dan McFarlane did make the right call and bringing him on and I do think you're probably right in saying uh, it was reactionary to the yellow card the the cheer up Ulster in that defensive situation. Yeah I have to agree and I think Dan McFarland deserves a good bit of praise for um, how he worked his team selection in terms of naming such a strong bench I think he's probably looked at how Ulster have done the last few weeks in terms of conceding a late drive at the very end of the game and 
you know, losing the game by a couple of points. And he's maybe decided that he wants to have a better second half performance. He wants his better players coming on to close out the game. And, you know, having having the likes of Rob Herring, Tom O'Toole, Jordy Murphy, Cooney, Ian Madigan was on the bench as well. Having those guys available to him to come on. Um, and it, it seemed to work. It really upped their intensity in the second half. They looked more complete in the second half. They looked more dangerous. Sale looked exhausted almost as the game went on. So um, I think he definitely deserves a bit of praise from that. He's probably got a little bit of stick the last few weeks for the performances. However, those tactics he used this week for the selection has worked really well. And I think he's actually done something quite similar for the Stormers game tomorrow night. Um, We'll probably have a chat through the team that has been announced for that later in the podcast. But um, probably a tactic that Ulster will try to use a bit more often until they get their confidence back. Yep, and obviously that game plan did work out. Um, I was actually really uh, pleased with the coaching and how Ulster went in the the game they're set up this week. I don't know if I, you, I'll ask you after I say this, but uh, the week before playing La Rochelle, very defensive very solid um make trying to just sort of nick it almost uh, uh and an opportunity if it uh showed itself but this week Ulster came out very attacking and a very open play um just getting the ball the sort of mix of back and forwards which was quite nice to see um but do you think that because I think that the coaching has deliberately done that out of like a game plan, thinking Seal tanked us last time, um, so we can't sit back. We'll have to take it to them. Or do you think that it was almost like a desperation shout? The because they knew they had the win, so they had to go attacking. Um, I don't think it was really down to desperation. I think. At home, Ulster will always want to take the game to another team. Going away from home, a lot of the time you will see Ulster sort of sitting back, waiting for the mistake, getting the turnover and using that to their advantage. They certainly didn't do that this week. Um, They wanted to keep possession. They had 62% possession. Same with Territory. They played 62% of the time in sales half. Um... It was good to see that they had four clean breaks as well, because over the last few weeks, we've talked about how the backline haven't been firing. Um, Ulster have been sitting at one, maybe two at a max clean breaks throughout the game. Um, so it was nice to see that they had four in this game. I think the selection compared to being away at La Rochelle probably helped in terms of the attacking sense and being more attacking. You know, bringing McCluskey back into it to get over the gain line. Um, you know the, the wingers playing better Stockdale and Rob Little having a good game Michael Laurie looked really dangerous throughout we haven't really chatted about him yet but I thought he was one of the best players on the pitch he was causing sale problems in that back line constantly he's, he's just so hard to tackle when he runs at them at pace because of his, his height really helps him with that so I think probably the added attack this week is probably down to improved performances from backline players as well as being at home and like you say it being a must win game Ulster knew they were going to have to score tries and you know essentially in the end of it they scored three and Seal scored one and 
it's made all the difference. The fact that their attack was that bit better than last week and even the last month or so. Um, just on the defence as well, I thought it was much improved, only keeping Sale to 11 points, just the one try, which was you know quite a difficult one to defend, to be honest. They'll, they'll have been disappointed not to, um, not to be able to hold Sale out at that point, but um, it, was, it was much improved defensively. They only missed four tackles the entire game, which was much better. Um, they didn't look like conceding as often. They weren't giving Sale the opportunities to break the line as often. Sale's back line didn't really get into the game. We didn't see much of Manu Tualangi, which was probably credit to Stuart McCluskey keeping him quiet in the centre. Um, we didn't see much of Sale's two wingers either, which was, like I say, all credit to Ulster's back line, which had a really good defensive performance from me. Um, I think the set piece played a huge part in that as well. The scrum was much better. Like you, I think you were saying to me earlier, Jimmy, that we won 100% of our own scrum and two sales scrums. So, you know, it just shows you that it makes all the difference. The lineouts were pretty solid. We had a couple of loose throws, but nothing really to worry about. Most of the throws went pretty well. So, overall, much improved defensive performance for Ulster as well as attacking. And fingers crossed they can carry that into the Stormers game tomorrow night. And most importantly, get themselves out of this bad losing run and um, back on track heading towards that last 16 game in Dublin on the 1st of April. Just one more thing I wanted to ask you, Jimmy. After that big home performance and a win in the Champions Cup to get them through to the last 16. Is Ulster's slump over? Are the last few weeks behind them? Do you think it's all up from here? They play a weakened Stormer side this weekend um, who have had travel issues and uh, are missing a good few other internationals. Do you think Ulster will now turn their season around and get themselves back on track? Well, I would like to say yes, straight away. You know, this is it back on top, but I think that it's it's going to be a slow rise for a bit. Um, you know, there's obviously there's going to be big occasions like uh, like Leinster coming up and and things like that where you will see hopefully them play really strong. But I think that it's it's going to take a bit longer, especially with the disruption of the Six Nations, because uh, you have you know we still have a fair amount of players away in Ireland um, and other countries you know we're going to have to put out different sides um, I think that it's going to you're going to be able to tell if Ulster are back to where they need to be uh, especially at this point in the season and that slump hopefully being over I think you'll see it probably after the internationals Um as long as they keep that momentum sort of going. Uh, I don't think that you'll see if Ulster are out of the slump really with the, the full team until after Six Nations, which will probably be Bulls at home. Um, which, it, it's kind of daunting when you think about it, that you're going Leinster straight after that. I guess the only hope is that they also have a lot of numbers out for that international, so you know it's it's the testing ground for me. 
the Leinster match for the real slump end. Yeah, I probably agree. To be honest, um, I think throughout the Six Nations, we have the Stormers this Friday. Who, like I was saying, send a bit of a weakened squad over. I know they've not not to their own fault in terms of their airline and the the deal they've agreed. They have um, huge issues in terms of travel. I believe they're flying. I think they have to get three flights. Um, those three flights get them to Dublin and then they have to take a bus journey up to Belfast so it's a bit of a mess for them especially when they've been playing from home so many sorry playing away from home so many weeks in a row so I think Ulster will beat the Stormers we then have Glasgow away which will be a tough one Um, that rearranged Sharks game away on the 25th of February which will be a really tough one you would hope that Ulster will beat Cardiff away on the 4th of March like you say, hopefully the Six Nations guys will be back, sort of, um, for the Bulls at home on the 25th of March. But you could see a few players rested because they're not going to be allowed to come straight back into it from the Six Nations. So the first time you actually might see those Irish internationals will be, could possibly be that last six team game against Leinster, which I think actually might play into Ulster's advantage because. When you look at the um, the sheer amount of players that Leinster have away at the Six Nations, you know they're going to be disjointed. They're they've been missing so many players. They're going to near enough have to change their entire fifteen to get everyone back in. So they're probably going to be a bit more disjointed than Ulster will, who have been playing with a lot more of their full strength team throughout the Six Nations. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that'll play into their advantage. And then you're finishing the season with two home games, uh, home to the Dragons and home to Edinburgh, which, like I say, if Ulster can get back on track, they're two games that Ulster would 100% expect to win. So I think it's, like you say, Jimmy, it's all about building momentum. Um, You know, the Stormers this week is a massive game. They're sitting in second at the moment, and if we want a home semi-final in the league, that's where we want to be. We want to get up to second. So, beating Stormers at home gains us the points on them. We've still got a game in hand over the Bulls. So, that rearranged Sharks fixture will help that. That'll be our game in hand. So, that'll be a big game during the Six Nations period. Especially when you know that the Sharks aren't involved. Well, South Africa not being involved in the Six Nations. They're going to be at full strength pretty much. So, that'll be a really tough one. Um... And like I say, two massive wins there, and they will be seen as massive wins, will have Ulster back on track for me, and essentially full of confidence going into that Leinster game down at the Aviva. So moving on from the Ulster sale game, it's time to take a look at the other games from the Heineken Champions Cup over the final weekend. And it was a crucial week for many teams to see if they could snatch qualification or snatch a home last 16 tie. So let's take a look at how the other teams went. On Friday night, Leon took Leon took on the Bulls. They won that one 31 points to 7. That was a bonus point win for them. It was a really tight affair uh, at Leicester, who were playing the Ospreys. The Ospreys managing to scrape that one, winning at 27 points to 26. On Saturday, there was plenty of action. Northampton went down to La Rochelle, 31 points to 13. 
The Harlequins were playing Sharks over in England. They won that one 39 points to 29. Uh, Gloucester with a brilliant win to see them through to the last 16. Away from home at Bordeaux, they won that one 26 points to 17. Leinster with an unsurprising win at home to Racing. They put Racing out of the competition and they win in that one 36 points to 10. Exeter absolutely destroying Castra at Sandy Park, 40 points to 3. The Stormers getting the win that helped Ulster out um, last weekend. It was 30 points to 16 win for the Stormers. Ulster winning 22 points to 11 as mentioned. Montpellier and London Irish drew in a thrilling game in France, 21 points each. Toulouse beating Munster in a tight affair over in France, 20 points to 16. And finally, Edinburgh beating Saracens at home, another impressive win for Edinburgh. They won that one, 20 points to 14. So, Jimmy, plenty of exciting rugby on over that weekend. Um, what was your pick? What was your game of the week? It was definitely the budgie smugglers for me. Um, Montpellier versus London Irish. The draw. The unfortunate draw for London Irish. Uh, it's seen them go out of all European competition. They needed the win to stay in. Um, but they were leading the, the whole game. Um, and it, it, it was impressive for them considering that Montpellier were last year's top 14 winners and they're sitting sixth at the minute um but london irish are sitting ninth uh in the english league so they're not doing too good at the minute uh, and i think they pull out a game like that is a fair play to them but definitely you know forget about all the gameplay forget about um the scores it's definitely the budgie smugglers and uh the the I don't know, would you say softcore porn, a bit of nudity happening in the game? <laughs> it was definitely the highlight. Uh, Any time I looked at the screen, you just seen uh, someone's shorts getting pulled down. It, it made it a bit of a comedy as well. as a, a really enthralling game, to be fair to them. Um, London Irish's physical play was unstoppable in that first half. It's just any time their forwards got the ball, especially from set plays they just drove it forward and, and Montpellier had no answer to it um, I think they got two other tries from either a mall or forwards driving it uh, forward from a set play um, but it all came crashing down in the end Montpellier got back in two quick penalties that led the the tries and it got them straight back into the game and uh, they got their last try to tie it up close to the end and um took took London Irish out of European rugby for this year. So definitely unlucky for London Irish but it was a really good game to watch. Um I I, I enjoyed the whole actual gameplay and physicality and passing of the whole game. So Lewis what was your game of the week?
my game of the week would have to be the Bordeaux against Gloucester game. Um, just, I think it was amazing to see Gloucester go away from home to France and win the game to absolutely ensure qualification for themselves into the last 16. I'd say a lot of people would have wrote them off looking at the um, the numbers last week in terms of getting through. They probably would have seen them dropping down into the Challenge Cup. However, they've they've done it. They've went away and they've won com- pretty convincingly, actually, because they were actually 10 points down at the start of the game. And it was a mighty comeback, really, from Gloucester to get themselves back into the game and, you know, ensure qualification for themselves. So, you know, they will have a tough tie away from home. I think it is... La Rochelle they play in the last 16 away from home so um, slightly tough game to say it lightly however um, you know they'll just be happy to be there no team no team wants to drop down into the challenge cup let's be honest whether you've got the toughest draw um, or the easiest draw you want to be playing in the top competition and Gloucester will be happy that they're able to do that um, again this season on the 1st of April um, just want to have a quick look at the fixtures for the last 16 games so uh, Leicester get a home draw against Edinburgh we have Munster having to travel to South Africa to play the Sharks um, Stormers will be at home as well in South Africa against Harlequins Leinster and Ulster is going to be played at the Aviva Stadium rather than the RDS on the 1st of April at 530 um, as I said, La Rochelle against Gloucester in France. Exeter earned a home draw against Montpellier. Toulouse will play the Bulls on the 2nd of April. Saracens are at home against Ospreys. So, Jamie, have to ask, um, out of those last 16 ties, some really exciting games there, big ones to look forward to. Who are you predicting to go through? Um, do you see any shock results coming, or do you think near enough um, the sort of games speak for themselves? Well, uh, I'm going to go for a couple of controversial, a couple of not. Um, I do see Leinster beating Edinburgh. I I could potentially see Munster beating the Sharks, and I do think that's a possibility, to be honest. Uh, Stormers, they beat Harlequins. Is they're gonna hate me, but I think Leinster are probably gonna beat Ulster. However, it depends how the Six Nations go. At the same time, if if Ireland do not really well, but like it's it's harsh games on them. Uh, Ulster will bring it to them because there's so many Leinster players out. Uh, with Ireland, um, La Rochelle, the beat Gloucester. It's pretty easy to sort of self-explanatory. Exeter the beat Montpellier, um, to lose the beat Bills, and this is the controversial one. The Lewis doesn't want me to say, but I think it's gonna be the Ospreys to beat the Saracens, even though they're away, because they've done the double on Montpellier, and they also beat Leicester in this cup. Plus they've been having a good run. I, I could see an upset in that one to be honest. So we've heard mine. Now let's hear the the proper man who knows everything. Uh, Lewis, what's your predictions? Yes, yeah, so I'm going to be giving you the correct predictions. 
um, so I agree that Leicester to beat Edinburgh I think um, that should be sort of simple enough for Leicester they've been really good so far this season I think the Sharks are going to beat Munster in South Africa however it is going to be a really tight game Munster have been in these situations before last 16 games it's the Sharks first time in the competition so quite unpredictable for me I think that'll be a really tough one Stormers to beat the Harlequins, I just think they have that extra edge and um, it'll be the Harlequins' first time travelling to South Africa for a game, so um, I'm going to go with Stormers for that one. Um, I think Ulster are going to go down and beat Leinster, I think we're going to build momentum, find a bit of form and um, cause a bit of a shock. There always is one shock and hopefully this will be it. Um, like you say, La Rochelle to beat Gloucester, I think that's hands down for me. I don't think Gloucester have the strength and depth or the quality to beat La Rochelle at the moment. Exeter are um, very, very difficult to beat at Sandy Park and I don't think Montpellier are going to be strong enough to go over there and get the win. So yes, definitely Exeter to beat Montpellier. Toulouse to beat the Bulls, um, we know how hard it is to play Toulouse in a knockout game as they knocked us out last season in the Champions Cup, so um, Toulouse to beat the Bulls for me. And of course, Saracens to beat Ospreys, <laughs> who are very good at home at Allianz Arena, and um, I just don't think the Ospreys, they've done really well in the Heineken Champions Cup this year. But I think this is probably the end of the line for them. <laughs> I just think uh, Saracens have too much quality um, in terms of their forwards and their backline. Too many big Irish in- or English internationals who have been in so many big games before. So I think Saracens will beat Ospreys. And yeah, um, for me that's probably the likely outcomes. Now it's time to look back to the URC. Ulster taking on Stormers this Friday, uh, tomorrow as of recording. Um, fair fair change to the lineup. Um, so Eric O'Sullivan, uh, Ben Moxham, and Stuart Moore have went into the side replacing Andrew Warwick, Jacob Stockdale, and Stuart McCluskey as they are uh, already away, or they're going away, the, the Ireland camp ahead of the Six Nations, um, as well as Tom O'Toole, uh, Ian Henderson and Rob Herring. Um, all of them are away, so they, they won't be usable in uh, this week's game. So uh, Harry Sheridan has also came in um, as flanker starting um the full lineup with the changes uh starting with the back row is Laurie keeping his place same with Little then we have Hume and Murr uh Moxham getting into the team Burns and Doak starting as for the forwards uh O'Sullivan gets the start alongside Stewart and Tamanga Allen making up the front row then we have O'Connor and Carter as the locks, Sheridan and Timoney as flankers, and Vermeulen as the number eight. Also on the bench, we have 
Uh, Andrew, Sutherland, Warwick, Treadwell, Murphy, Cooney, Madigan and McElroy. So a couple of changes to the lineup, but mainly unchanged. Uh, just really the Ireland players not taking part. Um, still a few of the other internationals able to play. So, Lewis, what are you thinking for this game ahead on Friday night? Yeah, I think it's going to be a tough game, as always is against South African opposition. Um, It's very rare they're going to come over and you're going to have an easy game against them. Uh, South African sides are always physical. They're always very dangerous, backline-wise. Have a lot of pace in the backline. You know, they like to play fast, the Stormers. um, Good offloading game. Um, that matches with the power of their forwards. Um, love to make line breaks and score some quite brilliant tries, to be honest. So Ulster are going to have to be on their game defensively. Um, in terms of the team, um, good to see the likes of Laurie and Little keeping their place. Um, good to see Stuart Moore coming back into the centre to replace McCluskey. I'm sure he has something to offer. Ben Moxham will get another chance to impress on the wing. Um, doesn't really get too many opportunities starting, but um, hopefully he can show what he can do. Um, Sher- Sheridan only got um, sort of the first half against Sale last week because of that yellow card to Doak. He was replaced to allow Cooney to come on, so hopefully we get to see a little bit more of him and a bit more of what he offers. Um it's a good back row anyway and you know with Jordy Murphy on the bench I think Ulster have done the same as last week they went for a really strong bench to hopefully finish the game off strong so for me I think um, an Ulster win is on the boards in terms of my score prediction I'm going to go with 36-12 I think Ulster are going to be dominant and I think it's going to be a really impressive performance Um would you agree, Jimmy? Yeah, I I would agree with you. Um, obviously, there are a few big hitters out, but at the same time, as you were saying, that back line is really strong, and most of the forwards are, uh, are starters or regular players anyway. If they don't start, they're usually on the bench, so it's not a huge disruption um, where I think some other teams are going to have that so for me I, I will see it as an Ulster win um, maybe not as high scoring but definitely dominant on the pitch um, as was seen you know against the Stormers um, earlier in the season Ulster played fantastic and you could barely fault them especially in their defensive manner and that and that's the way they do play um away as we were talking about earlier so I think that at uh, Keenspan Ulster will just play their game and I think that that's the best way they approach a side like Stormers who are fast who are ferocious because we're very strong and get good tackles in and the past um, couple of games you've definitely seen the tackle and improving and uh, that's going to be a massive factor in this game. So I'm still going dominant on the pitch. But I think the scoreline might necessarily reflect it as much. Um, I'm going to go for a 21-7. 
I'm going to go for the Ulster. Um, just because I do think with the few changes it might um, not take away the chemistry but sort of um, there might be a wee bit of rustiness or nerves on some of the players. Um, but I don't think it's going to affect the game too much. Uh, DC Ulster having a very good game uh, at home and hopefully this sets up a good run of games for us. Just before we finish the show, um, with Ulster heading to Leinster for the round of 16, a massive game. We thought that we would let you know the ticketing info. Um, so Ulster released today. Uh, tickets for the fixture will be made available on a phased basis. So season ticket holders are at the front of the queue. They'll get priority. Um, as the away team in the round of 16 Ulster is only entitled to 10% of ticket allocations um, however with the demand uh, expected um, there is a request for a greater allocation um, and it has been agreed by Leinster um, so this will hopefully increase the stadium capacity and allow more people to come so uh, Hopefully, or it is expected, uh, the tickets will go on sale in early February. So, have we marked down in your calendar? Keep up the date because it's such a good opportunity to go and watch uh, two top tier teams um, play in a big match. And Ulster will need all the support that they can get. So, keep an eye out on tickets and uh, hopefully you're one of the lucky people who gets a ticket for the game that's gonna be us for this week's episode of raven hill roundup we hope that you enjoyed and enjoyed ulster's win this week hopefully another to come tomorrow night at the keen span uh hopefully we'll see you there remember that we are on instagram so go and give us a follow get the latest team news and any transfer news that that we come across will stick up there and hopefully a few more competitions will be coming you can also listen to us across multiple platforms anywhere you get your podcast we are on spotify amazon music and soundcloud so from us to here thank you very much for watching and we will see you next week